Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of James. The New Testament book of James and James in chapter 1. We're walking through this wonderful book of the Bible that is a very practical book of the Bible. It's often called the New Testament book of wisdom, the book of wisdom for Christians. How to live a practical life as a Christian. And we find ourselves still in chapter 1 And now look with me, if you don't mind, in the book of James in chapter number one. James in chapter one, and notice with me starting at verse number 22. James chapter one and verse 22, notice what the word of God says. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. For whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, continueth therein, but he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, mark a wonderful phrase that we find in the book of, in the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1, and notice with me verse 25, notice this phrase, the law of liberty law of liberty. With this, we're going to talk about the liberty that we truly have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, today, people understand in this life that there's an imaginary freedom that ends up creating bondage. Many people find themselves in that bondage thinking that they're exercising freedom. We see this a whole lot today that we'll have people say, well, I don't want to get in the bondage of religion. Well, I don't want to get in the bondage of this. I'm free. I don't need the bondage of authority. I'm free. I don't need the bondage of rules. I'm free. And what happens, them trying to exercise this freedom, find themselves in deeper bondage than they could ever imagine themselves getting entangled into. There is an imaginary freedom that's out there that this world advertise, that it sells, that it promotes, and it entangles itself in so many things, namely consequences for sin. There's consequences for everything that we do. And yet the Bible advertises a law of liberty. All throughout the Bible in the New Testament, God makes mention of the perfect law of liberty, this freedom that we have inside of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because there's such a great misunderstanding about this liberty that we have, it's wise to kind of explain our terms, define what we mean by here. Now, we know that we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are bought with a price. He purchased us. That's what the word redeemed means. It means to buy back. He has purchased us with his blood. He technically owns us. He owns us twice. He created us. 
So he owns us because of ownership of creation. And then he owns us because he has now purchased us again unto himself. So with that, we understand that he already owns us and he loves us. Now we know that God does not measure our worth by our behavior. Praise the Lord for that. What do we mean by that? Because God loves us so supremely, there is nothing you can ever do to make God love you more. And there is nothing you can ever do to make God love you less. He loves you supremely. He loves you in spite of yourself, not because of you. We fail God so much and he still loves us. That's a wonderful love that he has. And so remember with anything, it all begins with God. And so if we're going to talk about the liberty we have, we have to start by God. He loves us. And he loves us supremely. And our value to him is not based off of what we do or what we don't do. He loves us regardless. That's a freeing thought. There are so many people who feel in bondage and enslaved with religion that I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And remember the context of this, that the Jewish people have just been saved from Judaism, which had these laws that you had to do this and 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 do this. And And now James, the pastor of the church of Jerusalem, is presenting to them that they have true freedom. I don't have to live by a checklist of do's and don'ts. That's wonderful. I don't have to have this done and this done. Now we have a freedom. I don't have to earn God's favor. God's already given it to it. I don't have to earn God's love. It's already given to me. Now I serve God out of a different motive. I'm not doing something in order to get something from him. I serve him because of what he's already done for me. I had the freedom to do this. Now, whereas that may sound like a small thing, the more that you think about that, it is a huge thing. I don't have to go to church, but I have the privilege of going to church because he's done so much for me. I don't have to read my Bible, but I have the privilege of reading my Bible because he has already loved me so much supremely. It changes everything. It changes everything. Now, I am serving in response to him. I have the freedom to serve Christ. I don't have to. I have liberty to serve Christ. This changes everything. This revolutionizes everything. This modifies everything. In fact, hold your finger here and look with me, if you don't mind, in the book of John. Come on, memory work. John. Yes. The book of John. (coughs) And notice with me in verse number eight. Uh, John 16, sorry. John 16.
Okay, memory failed me. I am so sorry. Someone find it. It deals with the idea that that truth. Um, John eight thirty one. There we go. Thank you. Is it on there? It was on our preparation question. See, that's why you read it. Good job. I don't know if it is, but that's the right one. But thank you. You're yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. John eight thirty one. Thank you. See, it's what happens when you're eating. Prepare. Great. Wonderful. Good. John chapter 8 and verse 31, 32. This is something that Jesus said that is going to reinforce what we're teaching about the perfect law of liberty. Now, once again, all throughout the Bible, it tells us, or all throughout the New Testament, rather, it tells us that we have freedom, that we have liberty. This is something that's repeated over and over as a New Testament concept. But notice what Jesus says in John chapter 8 and verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and notice this, and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. How does this truth make you free? When we continue following him. We're not doing this in order to be um, in order to get something from him. But as we follow after him because of what he's loved for us, we understand more and more the liberty that we have. We have such great liberty. And what happens is that this truth makes us free. We know that different versions that most people are stuck in America say, set me free. Make me free. Make me free. We're thankful for that, that God and his truth, as we follow after him, it makes me free. I don't have to serve God. I get to serve God. It is my privilege to. My motive has changed. It's not stuck in religion. I now have a relationship with him and I get to choose to follow after him. And I learn about the liberty as I choose to follow after him. That was the big deal that we choose to follow after him. There is a difference. We have a higher motive. Let's go back to the book of James and explain this just a bit more. First of all, notice with me as we go back to verse number 25. It says, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of this word. Notice this, this man, this man. So it gives all of these qualifications and then it talks about this man. So let's talk about this man. What the, with all of these qualifications here, what is it about this man? Well, hold your finger here. Forgive me, we're gonna go take another pit stop really quick. And turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number five. 2 Corinthians chapter five. We have this perfect law of liberty. So let's again see another passage that talks about this liberty that we have. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, notice with me in verse number 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us. 
Oh, what a wonderful phrase, this word constraint. This word constraint means to hold fast, to be confined, because the love of Christ has held on to me. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And it's going to talk more about Jesus Christ. Verse 17, therefore, so because of everything that Christ has done for us, mentioned in 14, 15, and 16, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. With this new creature, we now have a new motive. We have a new purpose. And our motive now is the law of Christ, the law of liberty, that the law, love of God constraineth me. Now, think about this. As a Christian, the law of Christ constraineth me, but I have the liberty to walk away. I don't have to go to church. I can just walk out and say, forget you guys. Right? And so I have that freedom. I'm not kept here in bondage. I'm in here willingly. Think about this. Those who have come to church today, it's not a building, it's the assembling of ourselves, but you came willingly. I don't know of any of you who were shoved in your car this morning and drugged out, right? You came willingly. You didn't have to come. You had the choice to come. Maybe we could put it to another institution, marriage, all right? I love my wife. Now in my marriage, I could walk away. I can just, okay, I'm done. But I don't. Why? Because the love I have for her constraineth me. I choose not to do things to hurt her because I love her. You understand? We see this idea. I have freedom. I can go do something stupid and go off. But I choose not to because of my love for her. This is the law that we have in Christ. That in the law of Christ, I don't need a series of do's and don'ts. I don't need a checklist. I need to keep my eyes on him and learn more about him. And if I'm following after him, I will automatically do the things that I want to do. All right? Let's go back to the idea of marriage. All right? We're all selfish creatures. We understand that. And there may be something important to my wife in her day that I absolutely don't care about. And don't look at me. You understand. You're sinners too. And I listen anyways. And I listen responsively as if it's important because it's important to her. All right. Did I have to? No. But I chose to because of my love for her. Does that make sense? So this idea of law of liberty, I don't have to do anything for Christ. I get to because of the love that I have for him. This is freeing. It is very freeing. I realize that I'm not under bondage. My motive changes. Everything I do for God changes. I don't have to read my Bible. I do so because of my love for him. The love of Christ constraineth me. It all starts here. Now, let's go back to the book of James and add a little bit more to this man. So this man, dealing with the law of liberty, that we see that this man is constrained. That the motive is the love of Christ. What Christ has done for him. That he has liberty to obey or disobey God. But he chooses not to. Not because God is going to strike us down with lightning. Not because the whole earth is going to open up or the building is going to fall upon me. I do it because the love of Christ constraineth me. 
I realize all that he's done for me. And because of the love that I have for him, it's no big deal to do it. Something else we see about this man is this man is obedient. This man is obedient. Remember, obedience is not simply doing what God wants us to do. It's delighting in what God has given us to do. This is a big deal. Do you delight in those things? Notice as we start off at the very beginning of 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Do you know that there are many people who are deceived? They have a wrong look of liberty and so they deceive them own selves. Listen, <laughs> I could do whatever I want to prove it. I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. And they find themselves in further bondage because now they're enslaving themselves in pleasing someone else. You understand everyone else is a horrible taskmaster. If you live your life trying to please others, that's a horrible taskmaster. Because you can never please everybody. Amen. It can't happen. You could kill yourself trying to make everyone else happy. It is a horrible, horrible taskmaster. You know what even a worse taskmaster is? Trying to please myself. When it's all about me and ego and I want to show how great I am and how wonderful I am. And I'm trying to go through the hoops to make the light shine on me. It is a horrible taskmaster when I do everything that has to be about me, has to show how great I am. This is that idea of deceived. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You're trading in a much worse taskmaster. Do you know that God is more willing to forgive us than we're willing to forgive ourselves? Amen. Some of you have that bondage inside of you where you have a hard time forgiving yourselves. And God says, hey, it's already dealt with. What are you talking about? And we just won't let it go. We beat ourselves horribly. We're horrible taskmasters. We enslave ourselves. We do all kinds of horrible things to ourselves to either please others or to promote ourselves, to make ourselves as great as we think that we ought to be. And we're deceiving ourselves. You understand following after Christ is a great liberty because he is a lot easier to please. Amen. Amen. We put ourselves in bondage. Notice 23. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer. Notice this. This is not talking now about people who are not in church. Who are not under God's word. It's talking about people who hears God's word. If you hear God's word and you don't do it, he's like a man beholding his natural face in the glass. Now, the Bible is an accurate mirror. It shows us who we truly are. You guys have been to Funhouse Mirrors where you go to the one where you look really skinny and you look to this one, you're really fat, and this one, you're all squiggly, and you go back to the one where I'm skinny and stay there. We like a distorted view of ourselves. The Bible gives us an accurate version of ourselves. That's why so many people do not like the Bible because they do not like the reflection they see. They hate it. Well, the Bible doesn't only show us the outside. The Bible shows us who we truly are on the inside. And so someone who hears the word of God is like someone who looks in the Bible and sees a clear reflection of themselves. Wow, that's awful. That's horrible. 
And then you know what they do if they don't do anything about it? Verse 23, for he that beholdeth himself and goeth his way straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But you could go to a church like this and get a good reflection of yourself and say, man, that's awful, it's horrible. But not make a decision to do anything with it. Walk out the door and go, man, I'm really great. I'm wonderful. And go back and be worse. Some of us have done that. That we immediately forget what the reflection we had in ourselves You know, this is a big deal that we are supposed to obey what we said. Do you know that the Bible actually says that if we know to do right and we don't do it, it is sin? We we often remark in our minds that it's only people who do wrong that's sin. But if you know to do right and don't do it, it's even worse. Let me give an example. You guys are familiar with the story of what often is called the Good Samaritan, right? Who's the villain of that story? How come the robbers who beat up the guy is not the bad guy? Good. Isn't that an interesting thought? Mm-hmm. In that story, Jesus does not paint the bad guy as the people who beat up the guy. He puts the wrong on the priest and the Levite who knew to do right. Remember, the priest is supposed to be the representation of God to the people. The Levite's the person who studies the Bible. Both of them knew to do right and chose not to. God, Jesus, puts the blame on them. They're the bad guys. They were hearers of the word, but not doers. This is a big deal. Now remember, I'm not doing it in order to get a checklist. The love of God constraineth me. Because I love the Lord, I will do what's right. But if I'm serving a different taskmaster, which is what the Levite and the priest were doing, it's an inconvenience to me. It's going to cost me time. It's going to cost me effort. I don't want to put myself in danger. They were serving a different master. They ended up putting themselves in worse bondage instead of the freedom that the Samaritan ended up having. Does it make sense? This is what God's getting across here. Remember, the world likes to paint the idea of freedom in a different light, but it puts more bondage in them. The bondage or the freedom that we have in Christ, he puts a clear path and because he loves us, he's going to show us what's next. In fact, hold your finger here. Let's go to another familiar passage in the Uh, the gospel record of Mark, Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, which is right in the middle of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Notice what Jesus Christ says in the gospel record of Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 7, Matthew 7, Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Verses 24 to 27. That's where I was at the 27 from. Matthew 7, and notice with me in verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him as a wise man that buildeth his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and 
doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man that built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. We understand that the man who's constrained by God will do God's word. Obey, be a doer of the word, and not just a hearer of the word. Because the love of God constraineth us. We don't do it because we have to. We do it because we want to. Because this is what God has given us to do. What we end up doing is that we start building on a great foundation of great liberty. And the third thing I want to show you is that this man is blessed. This is a segue that as we obey God's word, because not because of a checklist, not in order to, to get something from God, but because of what he's done for me, I willingly do the things that I'm supposed to. I'm going to be blessed because of it. That's where more of the liberty comes. I get these things freely bestowed upon me. God wants to bless his people. God wants to bless his people. We're the ones who withhold his blessings. Notice if you don't mind in verse number uh, James chapter one, where we were at in verse 25, but whosoever looketh upon the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Blessed in his deed. Now, here is a shocking possibility. It is possible for a pastor of a church to go through the motions of pastoring a church even prepare messages and do every imaginable thing that a people should expect out of a pastor. And that man still never be blessed. The man who's blessed must continue in the law of liberty. You know, I could pastor a church just because I'm doing a checklist. Because I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. I can, I can do my job shockingly enough and not do it for the Lord because God loves me. I could do it because I have to. I could do it out of bondage. And I could lose the blessings that God wants to have. Do you know that man can get some things accomplished? The blessing of God is to give beyond what man could do and give us what God and God alone could do. But it comes from the law of liberty. It comes when I have a different motive, when I'm following after God, not because I have to, but because I choose to. I choose to bond myself to the Lord. I choose to enslave myself to the Lord. And he gives great freedom because of that. This changes everything. Now, again, we have to work because so many people are stuck in religion. Religion teaches that you have to do something. In order to be saved, I have to do something. In order to, um, to stay saved, I have to do something. In order to get his favor, I have to do something. In order to get his blessings, I have to do something. God already wants to bless us. God already loves us. I can't do anything to make him love me more. In fact, I have to realize how much he's already loved me and respond to that love. For the love of God constraineth me. Now I willingly do these things. When I come and change my motives. And now it's not a burden. I don't have to serve God. I get to serve God. I don't have to come to church. I get to, to go to church. I don't have to sing a song. I get to sing a song. I don't have to listen to a message. I get to. It changes everything. 
I now have more freedom than I ever thought would be imagined. And as I obey what God's given me to do, not because I have to, but because I want to, now I get more of the blessings. The blessings are not the goal. God's the goal. But as I follow after him, I also get the blessings. What a wonderful thing that I get freedom and blessings. There are times in our life we are ceased to be blessed. Why? It's because we uh, cease to continue to obey. There has to be a childlike spirit that we come to and just say, God's given me to do and I'm going to do it. How many times in our Christian life are we reduced to talking about the blessings we had in the past? But we're not living in current blessings because we don't have them. And we don't have any future blessings to look forward to because we're not planning on obeying. You understand? There's lots of people, lots of churches stuck there. All they could do is talk about the past. Well, that's where the blessings were, where they were in the past. Well, if we've already made a decision that, man, God's done so much for me, and I'm doing it because I want to, we can expect that the greatest days of our lives in this church are still ahead. We can expect the future blessings of God and the blessings being the things above and beyond what we can do ourselves. But it's a different motive. It changes everything when you have a church who wants to serve God rather than a church that feels like they have to serve God. Does that make sense? This changes everything. God doesn't want us to live our life in bondage. He doesn't want us to live in the bondage of religion. But with that freedom comes a responsibility. If I want God's blessings, if I I really have this liberty that I want, well, then I should use it to serve the Lord willingly. Does that make sense? I'm hoping that this is clear because there's so many people who are confused by this and I'm trying to make it as clear as possible. Jesus is the best master that we could suffer with a terrible master of ourselves or pleasing others or something else. But Jesus is always the best master. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.